Hey, party people, have you joined our Discord server yet? You can meet fellow party people and interact with our cast and crew to talk about all things Encounter Party, both this first Ravnica campaign and our new campaign, which is a television show available on the Dungeons & Dragons Adventures channel. To learn more, head on over to our website at EncounterParty.com or check the links in the show notes. Now, enjoy this episode of Campaign 1 of Encounter Party. Warning, our show features very strong language and graphic depictions of violence, so listener discretion is advised. Last time on Encounter Party. Our players lost their battle against the horror corrupting the lainted memories of Lazov, Guildmaster of the House Demir. They were enveloped by the overwhelming void of Merit Lage, lost in an empty sea of black. Where could our story possibly go from here? Find out this week on Encounter Party. An all-consuming blackness envelops all of you, sense of time, location, just complete disorientation. For you, Saloran, you wake up face down on cold cobblestone. Who knows how long it has been? You are incredibly weary with at least one level of exhaustion. And as you peel yourself up off the floor, you realize that while all of your HP has been restored, all of your items are gone. As is your armor, as is your possessions, you are left in little more than your skivvies. I'm gonna roll perception. What is going on? 16. You stand up, look around, and realize rather quickly that you are somewhere within Precinct 1. So you are within Orzov territory, and it's highly possible considering the uh, quality of your items. But you are, you are, you, you don't even have shoes. Saloran would feel disgraced and be disgraced if he was seen without his regalia in Orzova proper. So he's going to try to surreptitiously make his way to his place of residence and regroup from there. It does not take you more than half a block before another Orzov knight approaches you. Because you're in the nice part of town and you look like you don't belong there. And and, uh, an Orzov knight approaches you and rather sternly demands to know what you're doing here. And he says, probably calls you a a not nice name. (laughs) I am High Ministrate Saloran Trent. I have been compromised while on a mission for the good of the Orzov Syndicate. You would be best to remember your place, Knight. I will need some persuasion to try and convince him. Or intimidation, either or, if you're trying to bully him. Yeah, totally. This is not something... Pulling rank is not something that you you do while you appeal to someone. Nineteen. Hey, that'll do it. Um, it. It will convince him that you suspect you are Saloran Trent. At which point the Orzov Knight looks at you and says, I see. High Minister Saloran Trent. 
if that is the case, and perhaps we should prove it. It's a rather serious declaration. Please accompany me to the cleric's office so we can find proof of your profession. Find me the proper accoutrements for someone of my station first. Let's make sure you are who you declare you are, High Ministrant. This slight will not be forgotten. Quite. And he demands that you follow him. I push past him with my head held high. Ooh, I like that. Um, inspiration. I like that. <clears throat> so you guys go go marching off to the uh, clerical office um, to to try and find some proof of uh, of you. Now, as as an Orzovan, you have contracts with Tesa and have some new ones, obviously, because you've you've been promoted recently. Um, so it seems like a, a, a pretty easy scenario to go in so you go you go uh you know pushing in by yourself and there's a lot of like oh oh because uh you you look like a street rat right now kind of marching in with this attitude and this orzov knight behind you seems to be carrying all the confidence of like this is going to be my day's entertainment whatever this guy is i'm going to brain him at the end of this and then you know make his corpse clean himself up off the ground so you go marching into the cleric's office and guess, guess who's in there, still stuck there in that shitty position. But he doesn't recognize you because you're not you're not like in armor. But he recognizes the the other knight with you, and he's like, "Oh, oh, this is most regular." And he's just like absolutely disgusted with your presence, right? He's just like, oh, 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 "Who is this miscreant? How dare you bring them into my office?" You would best mind your tongue, you paper pusher. I am High Minister in Salorn Trent. This is merely a formality to confirm my identity. Go on. The knight behind you stares at him and says, Yes, a bit of fun today. This vagabond claims to be a high ministrant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the cleric just, oh, 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 well then perhaps you will have no problem announcing your 17-digit contract code. <laughs> As if you don't have that memorized. Soloran's teeth is gritting so hard but he barks it out in short order. History check. 18. Your ability to actually produce that number shuts them up for a minute. And so there's this Orzov knight that's with you, but then there's the the, the paper pusher, <laughs> this this goofball who's behind the desk. But then there's also a third person in the room. There's like a like a bailiff, right? Like there's like a there's like a security guard who's in there too. And even the security guard kind of puts up, and they all look at each other for a second. And it really shuts them up to the point where, like, oh, crap, we really have to go check. Did we just screw this up? Did we really just, uh-oh. And the, uh, the, the you know, fat guy goes into the back, and, and it takes a second. Um, and there there is a moment of awkward silence between the remaining three of you in the room. Soloran is standing with the discipline comparable to a seasoned soldier. His eyes are forward because he has the utmost confidence that this will be righted. And then he can start to figure out what went wrong after they fought that abomination. After a brief period of time, the file clerk returns and has a very smug look on his face. For a man who used to be a priest who's been downgraded to this subservient, you know, desk jockey position. He comes out holding this contract and can't help but giggle to himself as he approaches you. 
<laughs> and he simply puts the contract down on the counter in front of you. And then before you can lean over to look at it, he just slides it over two feet to in front of the Orzov Knight who brought you in. And the Orzov Knight takes a minute to look down, and then he gives you a very silly sort of sly smile to your right. And he says, I see. High Ministrant Salorin Trent. And he puts his helmet back on. It seems you failed to deliver on your life contract. And as such, your spirit is now ours forever. Time to collect. And he backhands you across the face. For eight bludgeoning damage. Roll initiative. Eleven. Uh, you're up first, and then the knight across from you. There are three people in this room. Besides you, but uh, we pretty much established that the uh, the fl- fat the fat clerk immediately dies behind the counter. He does not fight. We already know this. We've encountered him several times during counter party. He does not fight. Sorry, when we came in, you said that there was the clerk. There's you. Yes. And then there's the Orzov knight. And then the clerk. And then there's also a security guard. So, so there's two other people. Right. Yes. So Lauren's head flies back with the force of the backhand. And when it snaps back, he had a feeling that things may go south. He focuses his energies towards the bailiff and the knight and says, Kneel. And he will cast command at a second level. You see a 16. A 16 and an 18. Is that your action? That is my action. And then I will also... Do I have spell slots all back from the mm-hmm. counter? Yep, consider a, f- a full rest. Okay, thank you. Seeing them shake off his command jars him a little, but he recenters his energy and casts spiritual weapon. Got it. He summons a golden morning star to appear behind the knight. Okay. That will swing at him. Go ahead. Crit fail. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Miss. What is going on? Knight's turn. Your armor class is 10 without anything. Yes. He will hit you with an 11. Yep. You will take 7 slashing damage. And then the security guard behind you will lower his halberd and hit you with a 19. Yep. And will deal 4 slashing damage. Top of the order. Is there a pen on the desk? Perception. That's actually a nat 20. Yes, there's a very nice pen. A very nice Orzov fountain pen. Long, too. So Lauren is going to try to grab it and stab the knight. Let's get uh, some acrobatics. Let's see how clever that is. I don't think you're having a problem grabbing it. Let's see if you can grab it and do something with it. That's a 16. Yeah, you grabbed it. Go ahead and strike. Damage is uh, 1d4 plus strength. You still have to attack. Yes. question is whether or not you can lunge for the pen slash stiletto and and uh, get a strike. That is a nat one, but I'm going to use my point of inspiration. Oh, buddy. Okay. Um, Sorry, what is my bonus to hit? Seven? It's what whatever I have with your, regular weapons. Whatever your strength bonus is. Oh, so, okay. So that's a 15 to hit. You're striking who? I'm striking the knight. 
Uh, a 15 does not hit the knight. Damn it. DC on the knight is 16. 16? You're <laughs> killing me, man. I am. <laughs> so Lauren grabs the knife and just misses in this desperate bid. I think the lunge for the pen was just too clear for this knight as to what's going on. So he managed to kind of brace himself, uh, uh, you know, against whatever you're going to do. He's bracing himself, but that also possibly leaves him open to the spiritual weapon. Yes. 23. Yeah, do some damage. That is five force damage. Okay. Plus five, so that's 10 total. 10 damage. The retaliation. The knight rolls a natural 20. I've had a lot of fun, everyone. Thank you. You will take 10 slashing damage. And the guy with the halberd is going to hit you with a flat, a dirty 20. And you will take 11 slashing damage. You're up. The gall is rising in him. How dare these Orzov lackeys dare hit him. With the pen in hand and seething anger behind it, he goes in to stab the knight again. That is a six, but I have an extra attack, so I'm going to try to swing one more time. Okay. That is an 18 to hit. 18 hits. And I'm also going to cast Smite with a second level spell slot. Yeah. Yeah. He does eight piercing damage. Okay. Plus 15 radiant damage. Oh, how does it happen? So Lauren is actually kind of taken aback because it's been a long time since he's fought without the security of his armor. But the cockiness of this knight, thinking that he's fighting a lesser being, makes him overreach. And so Lauren, while missing the first one, turns and finds a weak spot in the armor. The pen goes in, and the knight probably looks down and thinks, what are you doing? But then radiant energy explodes from inside of him, coming out of his eyes, his mouth, his ears, and he just drops, his insides fried. So Lauren turns to the bailiff and says, Do you really want some of this? Is that the end of your turn? That is my turn. He does, and will attack you. A 16 to hit. Yep. You will take nine slashing damage. So Lauren takes the hit and goes in again. Motherfucker, I forgot the bonus. I forgot the spiritual weapon. That's okay. You did. Yep, Brian's glee, everyone at home. So Lauren rips the pen out of the dead knight and goes for the bailiff. That is an eight to hit. Eight will miss. He goes in again. That is another eight. But he channels the spiritual weapon to smack this bailiff. 25 to hit. 25 hits. That is 12 force damage. The Morning Star comes around, clipping him in the helmet. However, this security guard feels quite confident because he's got a halberd with some reach. He will counterattack for an 11. He will take 11 slashing damage. Still up. He only gets one attack. Keep going. All right. Soloran grits his teeth. This is not going well. He attacks with a pen. 13 to hit. 13 does not hit. Mm. These Goes guys in. have armor. I know, I know, man. Goes in again. 18 to hit. 18 hits. And while he hits, he's also going to channel divinity to smite this guy with a pen. <laughs> that is five piercing damage plus 10 radiant damage. Yeah, nice. 
still up. He will also force this spiritual weapon to brain this bailiff. 22 to hit. 22 hits. That does 10 force damage. 10 force damage. In desperation, with one last ounce of strength, no armor, no items, no weapons, just nothing but your pride. You lunge at this remaining security officer, finding a spot up under the helmet to drive this pen in, sever an artery, and watch him fall to the ground, bleeding out to his death. And, despite all of this, I need a very, very difficult wisdom saving throw. To which I have disadvantage? Yes, because you are exhausted. I rolled a 19. Unfortunately, that is still too low. And the exhaustion overtakes you, and the blackness envelops you once again. Lorzach Rotspeaker, you awaken in the cold, dark sewer that you had descended into to enter the secret hiding location of Lazov. You are half in the muck, half out of the muck, depending on your constitution, that may be a good thing. An indiscernible amount of time has passed. You may consider yourself to have long rested. You have one level of exhaustion, and that is where you are. What can Lord Zatch see? Perception check, please. 24. Would you like to get up? Yes. You are in the exact spot where you guys were at the dead end right before you found the, the secret entrance behind you. You are alone. You are still in possession of all of your items. Any spell slots you had needed will have been restored, which should be an indicator of possibly how much time has passed. And is the orb still there? There is no orb. Lorzach tries to remember his way to the hideout that Lazav took them to. That would, uh, well, I'd need a pretty good history check because that would take some, uh, that would take some remembering. Because you'd have to go up to do it. That's confirm? Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that you have to navigate your way back out of the sewer, up through the Transguild Promenade, down into Bane Alley, and that the initial hideout was through the oven out of the bakery. So that's a long hike. If you wish to do it, you can. Then Lorzach is going to try and walk his way back into the Phantasmal hideout, the vault where Lazav's memories were stored. You cannot successfully find that entrance again. Any attempt to repeat the tricks and uh, and clue solving that you attempted to go back into there no longer exist. With his memory of where Lazav's hideout is, Lorzach is going to attempt to traverse his way back. So as you ascend up into the plaza out of the manhole cover, um, your appearance does not go unnoticed. And as soon as you stand up, there are Selesnian guards, Boros guards, the people who kind of let you down there in the first place. 
But you also notice two Azorius law mages who seem to be talking to one of the Boros guards. And as soon as you ascend onto the plaza, from across the plaza, you can see the Boros guard point to you. And you now have two Azorius law mages heading right toward you. Lozach is going to cast Pass Without Trace and is going to very quietly slink away from the scene. 21 for stealth. So, nearly as quickly as you go invisible, you hear a shout from one of the law mages that just screams, Stop, you undercity cur! And they will dispel your pass without trace. And now they are running at you. Lorzach turns away, his armor and skin cracking and peeling away, and his form seeming to deflate as a moss dog takes his place, leaping fully formed from his chest cavity and sort of slurping in behind. And he flees the scene. Which direction are you heading? This is uh, the plaza? Yeah. Uh, west, towards Precinct 6. Okay. They're going to do something. Oh, he's going to do something. So That's fine. Ready. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to sit with initiative order here for a brief moment. Okay. Before you anamorph into this moss dog you do get that immediate feeling that boy these guys really just feel very much like those law mages you found down in the secret place and there is that fear that perhaps perhaps we underestimated them I mean these are cops who knows what spores you left behind who knows what they're able to to you know track but you also do remember that they had the ability to move incredibly fast when they wanted to. So we're going to move into initiative order just because, you know, unless you're going to end up tackling into, you know, we're, we're in the Transgill Promenade, right? Like, there's no real place to hide because there's no real place for anybody to do anything dirty. And if you're going to be moving at an accelerated rate, they will be able to keep up with you. Um, so, so we'll go in in in, uh, in initiative order. Great. So after you you transfer and you go in, um, I need you to I need a wisdom saving throw from you. As one of them shouts, "Halt, you fiend!" Please confirm. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, but the second one will also yell, "In the name of Asperia, stop, you vile worm!" Uh, 14. Um, hold person. You immediately become paralyzed. Oh, does that count as a charm spell? Uh, I mean, it will. Yeah, I believe it is. Yeah. It is exactly the same roll, <laughs> so. <laughs> yes, you are immediately paralyzed as they run up upon you. They won't be able to do anything else. They, uh, paralyze you with a detaining word and descend upon you. Okay. However, you are slightly... The crowd has rapidly dispersed. There are two law mages running after a filthy under-citizen running up, a, uh, you know, running amok, and, and people are, are clearing the fuck out of the way pretty quickly. And you also can tell in your paralysis that the uh, the both the Silesian and the Boros are not a part of this, right? Like, they have no authority in this particular situation. They don't, they don't pursue criminals. They protect and guard areas. Uh, so you will be paralyzed for a turn, but you can make a wisdom saving throw uh, at the end of your turn to try and break the paralysis. And Lorzach is going to do that. 20. 
You are no longer paralyzed. All right. And you are immune to paralysis from Law Mage number two <laughs> for the next 24 hours. All right. However, the first mage who failed will attempt to paralyze you again with whole person. So they are they are, they look like they're trying to arrest you. And as they as you know, the, this wording that he uses to stop is this like I knew I smelled one of you the minute I walked in this morning, you insolent worm. How dare you show your filthy face up under my sky? Whole person. 20. Totally safe. Uh, however, the other one is going to physically attempt to restrain you. So let's do uh, opposing strength checks. 19 for me. 14. You are grappled. You're up. So he has to break the grapple? Mm-hmm. Okay. You are quickly getting the sense that if they both manage to grapple you, you'll be restrained. Lord Zatch immediately sheds the moss dog skin, and instead of this snarling, writhing moss dog, there is instead a really bedraggled Devkaran elf who struggles to get one hand free, touches his own cheek, and whispers something in Devkarin and casts gaseous form that slips through his fingers. Can you read the spell for me? Yeah. You transform a willing creature you touch along with everything it's wearing and carrying into a misty cloud for the duration. That's up to one hour. Mm -hmm. While in this form, the target's only method of movement is a flying speed of 10 feet, target can enter and occupy the space of another creature. The target has resistance to non-magical damage, and it has advantage on strength, dexterity, and constitution saving throws. The target can pass through small holes, narrow openings, and even mere cracks, though it treats liquids as though they were solid surfaces. The target can't fall and remains hovering in the air, even when stunned or otherwise incapacitated. Okay. Uh, target can't talk or manipulate objects. Any objects it was carrying or holding can't be dropped used or otherwise interacted with. Law Mage number one is going to try for one final time to bother taking you in alive. Wisdom saving throw, please. 23. You are fine. You seem to be fleeing. At which point, Law Mage number two addresses the first one and says, he's fleeing the scene. To which you will get shot at. Uh, Probably not going to make it, but you see out of the Law Mage's staff a very uncharacteristic red glow as a firebolt comes whizzing through your misty form. To hit? It misses, but okay. it doesn't seem like they care about taking you in alive anymore. Lorzach floats towards the nearest sewer grate that connects to anything other than this one sort of isolated waterwork segment that they were in earlier. It is 130 feet away. Lorzach drifts 20 feet towards it. Okay, 110 feet to go. Um, they are just throwing some really nasty, uh, some really nasty words at you. Um, they, they're just, they're trying to put you down as they're doing. Just burn away that garbage as they throw fireballs at you. Um, one will hit, one will miss. You will get clipped for six fire damage. Okay. Concentration is held. So as you go racing toward, um, we, we can just speed through this, because if you're going to go, I'm going to throw some attacks at you. Um, as you go as you go floating as fast as your misty form can carry you, 
just firebolt after firebolt that these Azorius mages clearly just hate you for who you are and that sort of that sort of lingering animosity from from the Golgari imprisonment days as you just get pelted with firebolt after firebolt after firebolt okay bup buddy bup 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 so um your movement is 10 feet you can dash for 20 so that would be two attacks every 20 feet okay uh, okay okay i got this so you go floating trying to escape through this sewer grate we got 90 feet to go you will get fired upon by the two mages the first firebolt will miss the second firebolt will hit you will take six fire damage i'm assuming you're still up here we go 70 feet okay you're still up okay 70 feet left to go first attack Hits, second attack. Also hits. You will take two firebolts okay. for a total of 14 fire damage. Still up? I will take that silent nod as a yes. <laughs> I will, 50 feet, I've never seen you this man before. 50 feet left to go. First one misses. Second one misses. Two streams of fire go ripping past your head. 30 feet until safety. The first one hits. Second one misses. Seven fire damage to your misty form. Andrew, ten feet left until you reach the sewer grate. The first one hits. The second one also hits. The first attack, you will receive max damage, which is ten fire damage. And the second one is also pretty hot. Eighteen damage total. Are you still up? You said eighteen. Eighteen. It's exact. So right, uh, so, you, you, so you lose concentration. Oh, he loses all of his hit points. Everything, yeah. So right, they can see that you're trying to make down into that sewer. They're not going to dare get down there. And right as you get right to the edge of the lift of it, a firebolt hits you right in the back, and you go down, drop to zero, with just the tip of your finger mere inches away from salvage. And now, a quick word from one of our sponsors. You know, folks, blank walls can be pretty boring. So why not spruce up your home or office by heading over to ukiyopop.com. They have a collection of traditional Japanese prints inspired by today's comics, games, and movies. The gallery is viewable online for free, and prints are available for purchase. So head over to ukiyopop.com. That's U-K-I-Y-O-P-O-P.com. Tradition in a modern method. And now, back to the party. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Xenia, because you are currently down in the last battle, a blackness has overtaken you. An indiscernible amount of time has passed, and the darkness is all-consuming. And then, miraculously, within the void, you feel just 
a tiny spark of electricity, enough to reach out for, enough to something to grab hold of in nothingness. And the spark becomes larger and larger until you feel an intense ripple of lightning through your chest and life returns to you and you open your eyes to see blue sky above you and you are in the arms of a rather handsome is it mage who are you what happened uh just roll perception 14 you are currently in the caring arms of Ral Zarek. Holy shit! <laughs> and you guys are on top of a pretty tall skyscraper over Ravnica. Am I in heaven? <laughs> uh, no. Are you okay? I thought I lost you there. I think I'm okay. How did you find I, me? Uh, the dragon has been keeping eyes on you. I wanted to make sure you're okay. Wow. Oh, my God. He sets you down on your feet. Are you all right? I am very fatigued, but I think I'm okay. I'm on my feet. Great. Do you still have the orb? I do. Great. Good. We should, uh, we should get that back. Okay. Where are we now? Oh, we're, uh, we're very close to Nivix. And he kind of points over the thing. You can see Nivix. It stands way up. Can I see it? Yeah. Okay. It's um, a lot farther than perhaps he was. <laughs> he might have been. Sound. He might have been. Uh, he might have been oversimplifying the distance. <laughs> but you, you know, he can ride lightning. You know what I mean? Like it's probably pretty quick for him. For sure. Do I know if he can take people with him when he rides lightning? I don't know. We don't know. How are we getting there, Ralph? Uh, we'll. I'll. We'll just. Go, I'll take you. I can ride lightning. <laughs> Which is pretty cool. Um, but you have to hang on. Just. Uh, just. Hand me the orb, I'll hold on to it, and then we'll we'll shoot back together. Well, the fire of mine put this in my care, so I'm going to hold on to it. And we can then take it together, but I'm going to hold on to the orb. Right, but the fire mine send me here to help you. What is the problem? Are you sure you're okay? Did you hit your head? You know, that must have been it. Yeah. I'm just, my head's a little... But you know, because I'm just so anxious... Um, from that bump in my noggin, from this concussion, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold on to it. It just, it's giving me a sense of security. I would feel much more secure if you would hand me that very dangerous item. Why? Do you really think a first-level researcher should be in possession of such an artifact? If I wasn't supposed to be, the Fire Mind wouldn't have entrusted it to me, no? Xenia, I am your master researcher. Give me the orb. And Xenia feels so torn because, you know, this is Raoul Zarek. He is a celebrity. And she often does listen to authority within her guild. But she knows that the Firemind gave her specifically this orb. She knows she has not been tasked with handing it off to anybody. And so she simply looks him in the eye and she says no. Make a constitution saving throw, please. That's a... Crit fail. Raul Zarek asks again, but in a thunderous voice, and just demands, Give it to me! You will take 21 thunder damage Ooh. and get shoved 
ten feet back to the edge of the skyscraper. I knew I should have picked fly for a spell. <laughs> or feather fall. <laughs> that would have been good. Roll initiative. Unnatural 20. 19. Ooh, dang! You go first. Xenia, completely unsure of what is real and what's actually happening right now, knows in her heart that something that she can rely on is the icy storm within her. She spends two sorcery points and she casts Ice Storm. We make a dexterity save, please. I will. That is a an 8. And you fail. You take 12 points of bludgeoning damage and 13 points of cold damage. There's something about that cold spell. When it lands, you just know, God, that feels far more effective than it should be. But Ral Zarek, after taking some ice in the face, his chest barrels over a little bit, but then he stands up and there's just this anger you've never seen in him before. Rahl is a, a rather, you know, charming guy at times. And he just screams at you, give it to me! And he will point his finger at you and an arc of lightning will rip right back into your chest. You will take 14 lightning damage right to the heart. Okay. I will not ask you again. It is rare for Xenia to feel incredibly strong emotion, but right now she is desperately afraid. She has the sense that this is all a battle within her mind. She is very damaged. She doesn't know what is real. A lot is on the line. Because she doesn't know what is real, and out of desperation, she simply screams into the ether, to the fire mind, and just says, niv you probably can't hear me. I don't know what else to do. Ral Zarek, or someone posing as Ral Zarek, is attacking me right now, and I am at the end of my rope. And she casts her remaining two sorcery points to cast Ice Storm again. Okay. Dexterity saving throw, please. A nine. Fail. You take six points of bludgeoning damage. And 17 points of cold damage. Again, it's the, the 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 force wave that hits him with the bludgeoning is not. It's the coldness. It's the, the sort of betrayal pain of one of his own students in his own college fighting back at him. And he s- stands up and looks you squarely in the eye and takes a huge intake of breath. Please make a constitution saving throw. Six. And he screams at you. Give it to me! And you are blown ten feet back off the edge of the skyscraper. And you will go plummeting down to the streets of Ravnica. Um, I'm so sorry. Um, the one consolation might be that you will likely lose consciousness before your body hits the pavement. Perix, the blackness has overtaken you all, yet you are awakened to the feeling of being squeezed. And as your consciousness slowly comes back, 
you realize it maybe didn't come back fast enough, and you find yourself suspended in the air in the clutches of a giant black tentacle. Surprisingly, your hit points are restored, but your spell slots are at their same status. Roll initiative. Nine. Seven. You are currently grappled, top of the order. Uh, clarification question. I'm suspended. I'm being held by a tentacle. Can I see down? Am I, if I were to try and break free, would I fall to my death? Do I know? You are in the exact same spot that you are in. Understood. Thank you very much. Man, I'm not very strong to try and break out of a damn tentacle. Buff up, knowing it can beat me, or to just hit it hard like I did with the Gorgon and see where I get. Perix will stick to what he know was working before he passed out. Perix will allow, rather than out of his hands and his crystal, his entire body to just emanate with cold and launch Snowball Swarm into every piece of the tentacle he can find. Uh, would you please make a dexterity saving throw? It cannot dodge what you're doing. It is physically attached to you. Automatic success. 18 points of cold damage. Cold is king here. And as soon as you lay an icy feeling on this tentacle, it immediately shrinks off of you, dropping you to the ground, no bludgeoning damage, and it slinks away into the dark. You may make a perception check if you wish. Yes, I do wish to make a perception check. <laughs> you know what I don't see, though? Anything. Uh, eight. You don't see anything. Yeah. Your companions are nowhere to be found. No orb in your possession. You are completely and utterly alone in the void. On your enemy's turn, a black tentacle lurches out a small couple of paces away from you and strikes you. It rolls a 22 to hit. Yes, that will indeed hit. You brace yourself for this large black tendril to just crush you underfoot. And as you briefly close your eyes, there's no impact that comes, but there's just a brief delay. And before you can ascertain what just happened, an ungodly amount of pain rips through your head for 17 psychic damage. And is it pure pain? Are there images? Like, what am I getting? Just pure pain. Okay. No contemplation, no motive, no nothing. Just an absolute rendering of your psyche. Top of the order. Perix, actually pretty clearly, is ready to fight. Everything that he has had in his brain and the voices, the migraines, the, the, the gnawing at the back of his brain that something's not quite right, there's never been a way to fight it. But here with a manifestation that he can truly attack, I think there's almost a rage that he's allowing out. Um, and so he needs to be ready to fight. And now that he's no longer grappled, he's on the ground, Perix is going to crouch in a bit of a defensive stance and cast mage armor on himself to increase his AC to 15. Okay. And he will, uh, it lasts eight hours, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, and he will carefully, so only at half movement, 
retreat from where the tentacle was while making sure that nothing's on his sides or behind, right? Taking the half movement to move with some kind of awareness. Terrifyingly, as you start stepping back, you feel your body taking steps back. You know what it is for spatial awareness, but you feel no distance crossed wherever you are. Understood. The tendril will strike again for a 15. I will cast shield to to swipe it away. So this time finds a, a bit of clarity and doesn't need to close his eyes against the incoming attack. And seeing where it's coming from, he's able to bring up his right arm in that sort of uh, water-air mix that just swipes it off to the side. So it redirects the blow to avoid any, any damage. Top of the order. Perix takes that block and immediately redirects it. Can I see the tentacle or does it keep retreating into the darkness? Nope, this one is remained up. And Perix will uh, allow himself to get cold again, emboldened by a now buffed defense and throw as many snowballs at the tentacle as he can. A dexterity saving throw, please. An 11. Really swingy on the D6s. Uh, for 13 points of cold damage. With a shriek, that tentacle recoils back down into the dark. At the top of your enemy's turn, another one will appear on your left, and it will strike at you. It will roll a 26 to hit. Yeah, that one, uh, <laughs> you know, that one makes it through. You will take 17 points of psychic damage in the same manner. It comes level with your chest, slamming into you. But you don't feel the impact in your sternum. You feel the impact in your brain as it smashes against the inside of your simic cranium. Top of the order. And I can't see what's holding the tentacle. I just see a tentacle. It's from somewhere below you. Copy. Somewhere out of comprehension. You know in that way that you found that you found that note from Jace Bellerin? Yeah. How are you supposed to write below the page? Mm-hmm. It's that same intangible concept. Perix feels confident that if he can just find the source of the tentacles, he might be able to understand what it is he's battling. Because he's getting weaker, he's getting hit, and he can't tell if these tentacles are reappearing or if he's actually doing any damage. And so he looks at the new tentacle to his left and the crystal glows purple as he swings around and throws a lash of purple lightning directly at it to cast Witch Bolt. 24 to hit. That will definitely hit. For 27 points of lightning damage, and I now am connected to whatever this tentacle is and it is connected to, and can sense wherever it is in relation to my body. Surprisingly, immediately after you do that strike, a rather powerful blast of lightning, it shrinks back into the dark, and your tether immediately breaks. Mm, Okay, okay. At the top of your enemy's turn, another tentacle appears, but this time on your right, and you are not tethered to it. Copy. Okay. It will strike at you. For 22. Yeah. Okay. For 13 psychic damage. Okay. 
The fact that the tether broke scares Perix, but also makes Perix think back to when Lazov attacked us in the tower and thinks about the ability to conjure a, a mental prison and thinks about the ability to see things and feel images that were under control of something else, including Merit Lage. And Perix feels like a rat in a in a cage, feels like I'm being played in a game I don't know what it is, and Perix, frankly, does not want to be part of it and thinks, what if I break the system? Perix steals himself up, stares back at that tentacle, says, you will not win, and casts Mind Spike on himself. Wow. Um... What is the targeting requirement on that? Does it just say a target? You reach into the mind of one creature you can see within range. Yeah, you are a target that you can see. Um, You will need to roll the save to see whether or not you chicken out at the last second. Uh, It's a wisdom saving throw. Uh, Not my best save, but not my worst. Of uh, 17 is my target. 16. (laughs) I'm not in control here. What happens? All Perix does that you can see is take his fingers and put them to his own temples. And the mind spike he casts is to, in the flavor of the game, it's to cause damage. But what he's doing is trying to remove the ability of thought thinking this must be a mental prison of someone else's creating. It's not Lazov, though we are in his world right now. Maybe it is. But it also could be Merit Lage with the tentacles. Who knows? But whatever it is, his theory is if he stops thought, then you can't implant thoughts to be trapped in a mental prison. And he casts the mind spike inward and uh, connects for max damage. Shut up. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Rolled eight, yeah. eight, eight. Oh my God. Ned, I don't know what you're doing, but you just max damage yourself in the head. Are you still up? Perix is down. That is that is 24 points of damage on 14 hit points. You are down, I guess. I don't, jeez, um, I don't even know what to do here. Uh, you have successfully killed yourself, I guess. Um... Yeah, uh, Perix, you are now dead. Fikara or Drew, you find yourself laying on your side on cold, wet brick. And after a moment of disorientation, you realize that you are lying on one of the walkways of the sewer underneath the plaza of Agriscos. Okay. You are exhausted, one level. However, as an indiscernible amount of time has passed, you are at max hit points. Okay. And spell slots, which should be an indicator of how long you've been down there. Oh, so we've been down there for... I've been down here for a bit. Is there anyone else around? Perception check. At disadvantage because of exhaustion? Yes. Uh, six. As you sort of push yourself up to a seated position, you can see several of your companions laying about. 
Okay. Um, I'd like to check on them and see if they're still alive. Lorzach is dead. Perix is dead with what looks to be a very large wound through his head. And Xenia also is dead. You can hear what sounds to be clamoring and fighting happening back down the hallway. Saloran is nowhere to be found. Fighting from the direction that... The only came. way out, yep. But they're all dead. Yes. Okay. Um, do I still have the orb? You find no orbs. Okay. No orbs. Everybody's dead. Um, do I still have my weapons? Yep. Okay, still have my weapons. You still have all your items, all your weapons, everything you know personally to be on you. Okay. I will walk towards the clamor to see what it is. You walk around the curve and you can see Saloran currently engaged in battle with those Boros soldiers who were up in the plaza. They have come down to check on you and he is currently fighting them and he does not look good. Why the shit is he fighting them? It actually looks like they're attacking him and he's barely staving them off at this point. Okay. Do they look like they're lower rank than me? Possibly, yeah. Okay. I will yell at them. Soldiers, back down! Um, intimidation, please. Okay. Still a disadvantage because exhausted? Yep. There are three of them. Two 19s and a 17. Uh, yeah. I had a natural 20, but I got a 9. They seem to ignore you. Roll initiative. Okay. Because David is currently fighting. 16. You see a soldier strike at Saloran. But Saloran manages to get his shield up to block it. Okay. Oh, crap. Saloran's going to be in the way because he's in between me and the guards, isn't he? And he, he's looking real rough. It's not good. Okay, it's not good. I said stand down and I'll shoot guiding bolts at one of the um, one of the guards. You're attacking a Bora soldier? Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, that'll be a 15. A 15? Yeah. A 15 will hit. Okay. So then they will take 12 radiant damage. Could you please make a wisdom saving throw? Certainly. There'll be a 13. Fikara, there is an unexpected amount of guilt backlash. I think that's the only way I can explain it. Um, I think I think you're immediately recognizing the cavalier attitude of attacking one of your soldiers. Please take an equal amount of damage back onto yourself. Okay. The remaining two soldiers strike at David. One will miss, one will hit. Okay. Okay. Um... So, these two Bora soldiers seem to be hammering into David. One of them swings in. He manages to get his shield up in time. He is at a lot less hit points than you think he is. And the, uh, the second sword just comes in and cuts him sort of right across the open area of the throat. And David goes down. Top of the order. One of the three soldiers happens to look up and sees you since you shot them with lightning. 
and he says, I knew it. And they start marching toward you. He will close distance and attack you. For a 20. Uh, that will hit. You will take 10 slashing damage. Okay. You're up. Okay. We're not the bad guys here. We're trying to help. Please stop attacking. Doesn't cost you anything to talk. I can't think of anything to do without... I'll hold a dodge action then. Okay, so with a dodge action until your next turn, you are focusing completely defensively, um, which means all attacks that you can see being made against you have disadvantage, and you get advantage on uh, any dexterity throws you need to make. Okay. So the first attack will miss, and the next soldier will charge into you, and... Uh, we'll connect with a... Oh, wait, no, your armor class is 18 now, correct? Correct, yes. Misses. Okay. Top of the order, the first soldier will attack with a 21. Okay, that'll... You will take nine slashing damage. Okay. You're up. Please stop attacking. You've already taken down everyone else but me. We've just been trying to help. Please Stop attacking. And can I do persuasion? You can attempt to persuade them. Okay. I will attempt to persuade. 11. 15, 15, 15. (laughs) Okay. They do not respond to you. They seem pretty intent on cutting you down. Okay. Their turn. Okay. One of the soldiers will attack you. Okay. For a 19... A miss and a 21. Okay, this will hit. You will take a total of 19 slashing damage. It is now your turn. Okay, I will cast Cure Wounds on myself and recover 16 points. Okay. And then I will take Action Surge. Okay. To attack with my maces, the closest, um, closest soldier. Okay, that will not hit. That'll be a 20. Yes. Okay. It'll be five piercing. Okay. You connect with your mace. And again, that guild pain just stabs you right back. You take an equal amount of damage to your heart. Okay. So those five? Yep. It's becoming clear that you're not going to be able to attack these guys without hurting yourself. Okay. Soldier number one will connect with a 20. Soldier number two will connect with a natural 20. Soldier number three will miss. Okay. The first attack will be seven slashing damage. The second attack will be 14 slashing damage. So 21 altogether? 21 all day. Uh, okay, then my turn? Yes. Uh, as a bonus action, I will click my heels. Yes. And run the, past them to the exit. You cannot get past them. There are three of them. Okay. The only way to retreat is farther back into the sewer. Then I will turn and 
run as far as I can back into the sewer, so 120 feet. You run about 30 feet and realize it's a dead end. You are back to where you were before you went in to find the strand. And you stop to look down and you see the three of your companions you left earlier who are still dead. I think at this point, Vicara just starts breaking down and crying. The soldiers run up to you. First one attacks. It will miss. The second one will attack with a natural 20. The third one will attack with a 21. The first strike will be eight damage. Okay. The natural 20 strike will be 14 slashing damage. Okay, 14 and 8, you said? Mm-hmm. So that's 22? Yes. Out of curiosity, how many hit points do you have right now? One. Okay. So we're at, we're at, I'm at the same dead end that we were before. You are currently trapped up against a dead end with your teammates, bodies, and three Boro soldiers who seem pretty determined that whatever you are doing is a disgrace to the Boros, and they are determined to cut you down. You currently have one hit point and cannot attack them without killing yourself. If I put my arm back and push, does that open the room we were in again? Is that your action? Yes. There is no door. You turn your back to the soldiers to face the brick wall, hoping to escape into the extra chamber. And in turning your back, you will feel... Three blades will pierce you in the back for a total of 25 damage. And you drop to zero. And with no one there to help you, they will continue to stab you until they are sure you are dead. Slowly, the blackness Thins. The air becomes a little cleaner and easier to breathe. You can tell you're alive because you can feel the exhaustion. You can feel the ache that is very familiar after an intense battle that you have been struggling through for so many months. And you don't know which is more unsettling. The fact that you're in pain or the fact that that might be a good thing. Saloran, Perix, and Xenia, the three of you come to, and you find yourselves prone at the dead end of the sewer right before you entered Lazov's hidden chamber. Saloran touches his body. Am I wearing armor? Yes. He's thrashing around in the water, just checking himself, making sure that everything is in its proper place, and he sits up, and then he realizes he's not alone. What? What happened? The three of you, who are conscious, sit up and look around, and realize that all five of you are there. However, Fikara and Lorzach are incapacitated, paralyzed, in an arched back, thrashing, violent strain as black tendrils ripple all over their bodies.
on the next Encounter Party. Lorzach and Fakara have fallen to the will of Merit Lage. With their fate already sealed, what hope do our players have when two of their own have fallen? Find out next time on Encounter Party. Encounter Party is produced by Play Plus One and Charging Moose Media, based on the worlds of Dungeons and & Dragons and Magic the Gathering created by Wizards of the Coast. Original campaign written by Brian David Judkins. Sound capture and original effects by Will Malones. Edits and mixing by Ned Donovan and Katie Brow. Theme song and additional music by Alexander Nakarada of Serpent Sound Studios. Additional music by Serge Narcissoff and Kevin McLeod of Incompetech. Special thanks to Megan Judkins and Will Malones. Hey, party people, this is Ned Donovan, the player of Perix. If you're enjoying Encounter Party, please do us a favor and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to tell your friends to do the same. Also, ratings and reviews go a long way towards helping us find new audience members and keeping our party going. You can also join us in our Facebook discussion group, The Encounter Party, or on our Twitter and Instagram profiles at Encounter underscore party to keep the party going and to interact with cast members like myself and the rest of the crew. To find news and updates about the show and learn more, visit us at EncounterParty.com. Thanks, y'all.